Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry. Max is with me again. Um, and uh, yeah, we are, I'd say we're partially in celebratory mode uh, because uh, of a non-loss. Uh, a non-loss at Stamford Bridge happened this weekend and there was much rejoicing sort of. I suppose. See what I mean? That's why I'm saying sort of. Because I can't sit there and afterward, I wasn't like yelling, going, yeah, in your face, we didn't lose. In context. You know, because that's such a small club thing. In context. But. In context, yeah. Is it in context, I think we, we, we're justified in being slightly happy. Yeah. I mean, because, number one, no one's held them goalless. No, ex- exactly, yeah. You know, mm. that was all, that was that was nice. And we'll talk more about our game plan and uh, tactics and everything and who played well and how we actually held them uh, and uh, how they uh, cheated. Um, <laughs> sorry, it was just too fun not to say. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we'll we'll talk more about that. But it's you know, I, I walked away thinking, you know what? I'm proud of the team today. That's that was the thing. I didn't I didn't look back and say, "Damn, you did stupid shit today." Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. You, yeah, you're not mulling over lost chances anymore. Really, it's a it's a it's, you know each week now seems to be a good collective effort from everyone, and you know you can be pleased with that. And I didn't and I didn't. It's also nice to not have to like curse the universe. Mm. You know what I mean? And say, how did they did they give them that? That penalty. How? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's nice to not have that happen. So, anyway, we'll talk more about that later. We will. Um, we're gonna, I wanted to also, brief little segue into the show, um, just because Max is, uh, is on the show, like, all the damn time. Uh, he's had some, uh, a cool opportunity crop up. Uh, we are recording this Monday, uh, and so Tuesday morning, bright and early. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max, you want to talk a little bit about this opportunity that's happened for you to venture into the snake pit? Yeah, well, the, the snake pit's exactly that. Um, mm. it, it, of course, the uh, the opportunity sprung on me quite quickly. Um, I've got nothing but gratitude to the Toffee Blues and John for the opportunity. It, um, it's the chance to go to Anfield tomorrow morning, as Jerry said, bright and early and preview the Merseyside derby, which is coming up after the Cardiff game. And, as we were talking earlier, it is three days after Liverpool play PSG in the Champions League. <laughs> so, you know, uh, we're not, I'm not suggesting anything, but, you know, might be in with a chance this time, hopefully. Touch wood. But, uh, yeah, I've got, about not getting ahead of myself tomorrow, previewing it, looking forward to it. It'd be great. Yeah, and who's that with? The Premier League themselves. Um, yeah, I don't know if if, if our uh, listeners have heard of the Premier League. Um. <laughs> yeah, Premier League Productions, which um, I mean, of course, I'm absolutely ecstatic, but I'm, I'm keep myself grounded about it. Look, look forward to it. 
good opportunity to meet new people and learn things. So bring it on. The cool thing is they won't have to do anything to your hair. You know, they don't have to get all their hair people. They, they can just let them have a break. Ideally, I should have got my hair cut before <laughs> it because I know I'm going to be on camera. I'm going to look a bit scruffy. I've trimmed my beard. You can <clears> I noticed. One. I've trimmed my beard. But, uh, yeah, hopefully I'm not too ugly for your screens. I, I, think, I think you'll be okay. I think you'll... My guess is that knowing you, you will be finely manicured when you walk in. Just, I, I, I could see that happening. <laughs> Andre Gomez has been texting me a few beauty tips. <laughs> Here, Max, here's the beard oils I use. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's really cool opportunity. Try to, try to find a way to catch Max. I'm sure he will uh, throw that link on his, on his Twitter uh, timeline for you to uh, for your viewing enjoyment so you can soak in his essence. Um, but yeah. So I had to lead with that. I had to talk about that. It's just really cool for for uh, Maximiliano here. Um, so let's sum up the show for the uh, the ever patient pod people. We're going to start with a Chelsea reaction, <clears throat> and it's not a bunch of. It's not going to be all groaning. It's nice. Um, yeah, nil nil draw. Uh, one point at Stamford Bridge not the worst result mm. considering where we were at last season um, and frankly where Chelsea are at this season so yeah that's alright um, then we're going to go into uh, a little segment we call Ref Rant and uh, I'll give you two guesses what that's about and it's not about the recent referendum on your on changes in your local government it is uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the officiating that we've, that we've been subject to recently uh, and yeah, I, I, we might we might get our ire up, not at each other, but at the fact that you know bad bad calls have happened. And it would be great if there was a system to ensure that that bad calls didn't happen. Maybe we should invent such a system, Max. And uh, then we'll go to uh, talk about our center back situation. It's unique in that we have three quality center backs. What a world! What world in which we live, if I'm going to quote Van Gaal. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so we'll talk about how in the world you figure out who to start. Um, and then we're going to finish up with a what are you watching segment where we're going to talk about, you know, what's, what's Max been doing, doing on the streaming options and what have I been watching. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe you're watching the same stuff. Um, so... Chelsea reaction. Max, uh, we talked a lot off camera, so hopefully we haven't talked ourselves out of this yet. But no, no. Uh, initial thoughts, and we are going to try to hold off our our ref ranting until the pro- appropriate time. So just FYI on that, everybody. Um, I've got to be completely honest with you, Jerry. It was everything that I expected, just minus the goals. Um, as as I said in, in the last video for me prediction, I predicted the two-all draw. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, uh, we knew Chelsea were going to try and strangle us with possession, which they did. And it's got to be said, without Jordan Pickford, we probably would have lost that game. He made many high-quality game-changing saves, which, you know, does give us the deserved point. But that's not to take any of the credit away from the outfield players who also put a really good shift in, particularly in the midfield. Um, 
something that I tweeted out during the game that it it you know it bodes well when even Chelsea are taking the same approach that those who've played us before are, and that's literally hacking us off the ball when we're hitting them on the counter attack. Mm-hmm. Um, as Jerry said, we'll we'll go more into the the you know the referee inside of it in in later videos, but the the challenge on Sigurdsson awful. And now he obviously he's he's not going to be going away with Iceland and Iceland during the international break. How long is he going to be out for? We don't know. But it, yeah. uh, as I say, when you kind of deduce, uh, you know, Chelsea as good as good as they have been this season, to have him to you know because we've got so many flair players now that are, are quick feet, good at driving forward. I think Credit's got to go to Theo Walcott as well to the, um, for the, for the Chelsea game because one of his better performances in, in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Bernard as well. I, I know we've got, again, there was that incident with Rudiger, which I find quite comical, if I'm to give my account of it. But uh, his replacement, I think, is someone who's worth throwing in that starting eleven now. Adam Ola Luckman, when he came on, he had such an impact. He danced through the defence. That, that moment where he danced through the defence. I literally Luckman. wrote down Luckman as you were talking. Mm. How electric he, was that kid? Yes, he really impressed, didn't he? Um, <sighs> and it just leaves you wanting to see more. And I think, you know, he got that juice start in 11 place now. I loved being able to obviously see our tactics from the get-go. All right? To watch. Okay. We're pressing when, the, when, when Chelsea has the ball kind of near their 18 and their, and their, you know, their keeper yeah. has it and he's trying to distribute. But between the 18 and midfield, no pressing. No pressing. We bunker back. We get back. Yeah. You see Sigurdsson, you see Richarlison clogging those passing lanes. Jorginho has yeah. no room to be effective, no room to, to be himself. He went out second half. Now, I know he, had a, 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 he was on a caution already, but it's because I think if he was having a good day, game, he would have stayed in. And it's yeah. because we clogged that middle. It was just, there was no room. So it's what he's known for being, you know, it's what he's so effective at is breaking those lines. And he just couldn't do it. Um, and not many other Chelsea players could, thanks to how tight we were in that midfield. Mm-hmm. And as I say, credit goes to, to Idrissa Gay and Andre Gomez and, and, and Sigurdsson as well. Sigurdsson is the one I was going to mention it, for defense. It, it's unher- you know, it's, he's, so, he's so underrated, that element of his game, the ground that he covers and the defensive shift that he puts in um, isn't highlighted enough. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's getting just praise now for his attacking credentials and how beautifully he strikes a football from outside the box, mm. how he shapes himself to let one go is just absolutely fantastic. But... Um, Defensively, he's really solid as well. It's it, all good reviews, isn't it, really? Not a bad way to say about anyone. No, not really. I mean, uh, I thought uh, Gilfie's defensive work was ridiculous. He worked so hard. He covers so much ground for, for a player who plays an attacking position. You know what I mean? Like, he, I, I saw, I mean, I think he worked so, I think our team, worked so hard defensively that it left very little for attack. You notice mm. how often we gave the ball away. Those passes being a foot off, just 
silly things that we normally would not. It looked we looked so poised on the defensive end that on the attack we almost looked nervy. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, we have the ball and we gotta go quick. Okay, you know, and it was very. You could almost see. Uh, now we had some chances, but never were they the type of chances we normally get. Yeah, you know? the final ball. That was what I found. The final ball wasn't there, mm-hmm. was it? So yeah, I, I suppose you can be dis- disappointed in that. Yeah, but that was the only. I, that's all. Oh, that's really all I got in terms of yeah. disappointment. You know, uh, I, I I thought that well, and not even just the final ball. Just sometimes we just we were uh, wasteful with possession. But again, I think it's because who we were playing. I don't think and, it was because we. I, I don't think we were I, mentally. I thought we were all right. You know, psychologically, yeah. I thought yeah. we were prepped for that game. I think it was just tired, you know? Yeah, and I think something that possibly, you know, worthy of, no- of making note is the fact that we were hacked down so many times yeah. trying to break away in the midfield. We had lots of chance from set pieces that you could say that we didn't really make the most of. We didn't create enough, you know, we didn't cause enough damage from mm. putting balls into the box, which could be something that's, that's worked on. But I think you know the 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 good things to take from that game were you know as you say we the first side so far this season to keep Chelsea at bay, um, no goals scored. So going forward defensively, we're in a, a much better place than what we were last season. Yeah. And how thrilling is it to be working with a manager that everybody said, "Oh, you got no defensive plan." You got no no defensive plan. You guys are going to ship goals every game, and we play against one of the most potent offenses in the league. Against some of the most exciting offensive players, some of the attacking players. I mean, Hazard is ridiculous, yeah. and I'm sorry, Alonso's left foot, his left peg is ridiculous. How Ooh, crazy were ends. some of those strikes that he had first touch? That, that. That set piece routine that they pulled off, I was a fan of. It looks so was good. A really good I, I, where he just, it was just ping straight onto his left foot. Great save from Pickford. Yeah, but yeah, he got a lethal left foot, hasn't he? I mean, it's it's uh, it was strong. You know, I he was a dangerous player. We we talked about him possibly being dangerous coming up the left side, and yeah, yeah. I, I think all in all, what what this kind of alludes to, we were competitive, and it was a good game to watch. Mm-hmm. Whether you support Everton, whether you support Chelsea, you know, from that neutral perspective, it was a very tight, competitive game. We knew Chelsea were going to have more of the ball, which they did. Mm-hmm. They did create more chances as well, but never at one point did I ever think Everton looked, you know, overmatched, not worthy. Issue. Yeah, you know, it, you know, we traded, we traded with them blow for blow and gave them a good match. Yeah, and uh, they fouled and flopped repeatedly, and we time wasted. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there, it's a little bit of balance, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's, things balance out. We definitely time wasted. We, 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 we. I'd say both both teams were guilty of some shit housery, you know. Uh, and uh, yeah, because we definitely time wasted. That's just yeah. that's just being honest. It, it it wasn't quite Raheem Sterling in the corner against Manchester United the other day, but. <laughs> We did. We held. We we held on. <laughs> yeah, just you know, like Pickford getting carded. You know, just taking his sweet time. And I love the way he covers it up. Like he's getting so upset with the other outfield players. Yeah, he's, he's like, just, "Come on, move!" And he's just like really like <laughs> just just trying to make it look like he wants to kick it. You know, it's, I love that. I love 
Man of the match. Man of the match. Yeah, I thought Pickford looked good. Uh, both Mina and Keane for their first full performance yeah. together. Yeah, and I think what you've got to make note of with Yari Mina is if he wasn't booked so early on, what more could his performance be? You know, yeah. uh, that caution, particularly for your Premier League debut up against you know so many good players in the Chelsea team, like to be booked so early on, it, you know, it sets you back at the centre half. Mm-hmm. Adds adds pressure to the scenario, uh, and and mentally it'll test you. So credit to him. I see he, he was the one that got Premier League man the match, and I, I, I can't argue with that. Really, huge respect to him for being able to keep himself calm and composed, and not get another. You know, good and well, if he'd have had another play like that, he would have gotten a second yellow. The, the referee would have friend would have had no issue slapping a second one on him and kicking him out in his first full Premier League match. I mean, that would have happened. I'll I mean, I, I think I'll let a little bit of steam off about it in the next video. Mm-hmm. But what he got, what he got booked for was a fantastic tackle. Won the ball mm-hmm. clean. The only clean. reason I could understand him calling, blowing the whistle, is because he did get a huge chunk of Hazard's leg. He yeah. did, he got the ball yeah. first, a big you know, and the ball went straight out. So yeah, there was that, but. The only reason you can rationalize him blowing the whistle is because he did get a large chunk of his leg. He did. But the card was dumb. But we can talk about that later. <laughs> really dumb. Box of rocks dumb. Just saying. So, uh, yeah, Morata's flopping, by the way. I was, I was yeah. worried about him after the game. If people came to him for autographs, he may fall. You know, I was so concerned for his welfare. I like I like Morata. I think he's he's a really good player. Um, he obviously hasn't quite hit the heights that has been expected of him since he's joined Chelsea. He was really good at Juventus. I found. Um, I don't know whether the fact that he's Spanish might have played into Yerimina having a decent game. Obviously, being at Barcelona, mm-hmm. kind of might have acclimatized to that Spanish centre forward. His whining was ridiculous. Um, oh my gosh, yeah. he would just bump into Mina and fall down and look around and be like, hey, what's the deal? Like, are you serious? Are you serious? It's just, I, I it, and that's not ref ranting. That's just whiny little baby ranting because that's ridiculous. Ah. Rudiger flying back because of the, the, the headbutt, which let's be frank, we, there's no angle that shows him actually hitting him with his head. None. Benago full on Zidane. If, yeah, taking, he literally he literally stood up and did like this. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It was really was ridiculous, Just, wasn't it? It's, and and then and then they're then they're the ones saying they're, that we're lucky that there's no VAR. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. Anyway. All that to the side. Chelsea's a really good squad. I am proud of our result against them. And they have some of the best players in the entire Premier League on their team. So, yeah. I, we walk away with a point from there, head held high. Things are all right. Really. Um, anything else on this? I'll let me pessimistic side take hold of me for a little bit. I would rather have three points. Well, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it, we need we need 
going forward, I mean, the incremental improvements, these, you know, it's gone from getting trumped at Arsenal to giving United a good game, referee and decisions permitted. Mm-hmm. But this one, you know, we held a really potent Chelsea side and we need to make those periods of play where we're being the better side and we're creating chances. We've got to take them. And a big part of this is confidence too. Being able to know we can go into a place like that against a team that's highly rated and know that we can come away with with points, period. I don't care one point, three points, I don't care. Just knowing we can go in there and get points, that starts to get over that defeatist like, oh, how's the universe going to screw us this time? You know, and that's mm. not just us. That's the team. You know, that's the team feeling like that. You get that monkey off. You know, you shake that shit off, and it's baby steps. You know, to where you start going there, and you expect to win. Expected wins. Nobody's expected loss. Bullshit. Expected wins. You know, I don't like expected never losses. Wanna, I never want to hear that term again. Ridiculous. Huh. Even though our Lord and Savior Mashiri, I think, is the one that said it. So, <laughs> not a fan. Not yeah. a fan. Well, fan of Mashiri, not a fan of the phrase. I'll say that. Mm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that's it for our Chelsea reaction. We're going to delve into the ref rant after that. So uh, stay tuned for the next segment, where um, yeah, a lot of a lot of anger, vitriol, if you will. Max and I, we've talked about officials and referees in the past. Um, Max has made it very clear to me off camera, to me on camera. He's probably put it, uh, I don't know, out in the media somewhere else that he doesn't like blaming officials. I don't like blaming officials either. I'm one of those guys that feels like if you are good enough, officials really shouldn't be that big of a factor. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if they're that corrupt, it's brutally obvious. You know what I mean? Um, and and uh, I know my dad always used to say, the more you practice, the luckier you get. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of times, officials and getting calls is luck. Mm-hmm. big part of that is is luck. Sort of shitty to think like that, but it sort of is that way. Yeah. Uh, so, however... <laughs> We've had some stuff go against us this season, and it feels like it feels like it's more than usual. You know, um, I don't think there's this big anti-Everton conspiracy. I want to be clear about that. I don't think that's what's happening. Uh, do I think there's a top six bias though? Yes, mm-hmm. I do. I feel like there is definitely a top six bias. Um, so uh, you know. If, you, if you've been living under a rock and weren't watching the match this weekend, um, Kevin Friend was our official. Not really the best last name for us this game. Uh, he missed two red card offenses. People just, you know, Jorginho putting his cleats right into Gilfie's ankle and bringing him down. Uh, then Alonzo on Walcott, again, cleats in the ankle. Okay? Um, <laughs> cleats. <laughs> what do you call well oh, studs I guess such an American term <laughs> it's, what's funny is I'm not sure if I've ever really thought about that it's like not even uh, something English people say yeah I'm, funny. I'm, I'm sorry for breaking your rant and attention but 
I don't know, it's just a funny tale. But yeah, they were they were hor- horrific challenges. Horrific. <laughs> now now I will never say cleats again. You're right though. Cleats is such a like a wreck soccer term, you know? Yeah. You know, you're like, you know, get you know, hey Junior, go get your cleats. We're gonna go outside. We're gonna kick the ball some. You know, it is. You're totally right. Yeah, Studs. Damn it. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Max, for pointing out how much of a bumpkin I am. Yeah, All right, so <laughs> you're right though. Uh so anyway, I have at least have a sense of humor about myself. because uh, I got it. Um additionally, friend gives yellow cards to Bernard and Rudiger despite having his back fully mm-hmm. to yeah. that situation. You literally see him facing forward and the incident happening behind him in one of the angles. Yeah. Linesman may have seen it. Yeah, did he get it? did he get any input? On that, from any other, I have no idea. All I know is he came around and gave them both yellow cards. It's it 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 gave the, it gave off just it just oozed the kind of action of someone who was like, well, I didn't see it, but just in case, cards for everybody. Enjoy. Yeah, I'm you sure there I mean? was an I'm sure there was an interesting stat um, regarding bookings for that game because I don't know it might have been something like the the time that they were brandished. I think it was four yellow cards for Chelsea, three for us. But the, you're talking about the time span in which they were brandished. But yeah, some of them were just just wrong calls. The Mina card. The oh, Mina that, caution was that, that was the one that got me because I, it, it's interesting because one of my favourite players of all time, Paolo Maldini, he always used to say, if if at any point I'm, I'm sliding in, I've already made a mistake. Um, I don't like, and I, I suppose I can agree agree with that to an extent. However, if it's to the point where you're removing the slide tackle from the game and it's considered a foul, mm-hmm. it, it may as well just be a no-contact sport. I mean, we, we were talking about it in the, in the uh, response <clears throat> video, but he does, take a bit, he does take a bit of hazard, quite a, you know, a large part of hazard. But that ball goes first. It's, straight, it's to the ball and the ball's cleared. Yeah. I don't understand how it's a, a yellow card because it's not reckless. It's a it, you know it's a great challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't see anybody that understood that one, actually. Both on social media, the pundits, commentators here in America, nobody seemed to understand that one. Um, the uh, I will say, one of the American pundits said that Bernard should have been red carded. Uh, but I don't think he had any kind of angle to see whether or not that was a headbutt. Oh, well, right. Me, me issue with the the whole headbutt saga between Bernard and Rudiger is it, it's more issue with the player rather than the referee. Come on, how, how tall is Rudiger? Like six foot five? Something like that. How tall is Bernard? Five foot ten. Why is a six foot five centre half going down? Are you adding inches to Bernard? Because I don't think he's five ten. Oh, I don't know. I, I, that's, I'm probably drastically overstating it. What, it's, what, what is? I'm not really good with measurements, but he's he's, he's tiny. And my point is, he's tiny. Why would a six foot five centre half go down from a, a nifty Brazilian winger like taking issue with him? Like, obviously, it's Bernard's first season in the Premier League. <clears throat> he's obviously, you know, he. 
he's probably been told, make sure you don't get bullied. If someone has a go at him, he's going to have a go back. We've seen it with Richarlison against Bournemouth, which he ended up getting a red card for, which I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, and he's, he's resulted with the yellow card. He, um, Rudiger's gone down theatrically, which mm. is just ridiculous. Yeah. The thing know. is, both of those guys, Richarlison's was like, not trying to headbutt. It's like he was trying to like put his head and like just put it like right at the guy's head. You know what I mean? Like sit there and go like head to head like that. Headbutt yeah. is bam. You know, you're clearly striking through. Yeah. This just get sitting there getting in someone's face. That's totally different. That is not the same thing. It mm. is it's it just reeks of like look, we have to have a rule that says if he touches him with his head, that's the rule. You know what I mean? It's because mm. they're trying to leave no room for error. Yeah, so, I've got I've got to make it clear that you know I'm I'm no expert on the laws of football. I haven't got I haven't quite got round to religiously studying them, and I've I've not got any refereeing qualifications. I know people that have. I mean, I've refereed the odd Sunday league game. I've got no authority to mm-hmm. to judge. But a lot of these calls that are being given are just subjective from the referee's perspective, and mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're being on the the wrong end of quite a few of them, aren't we? Yeah, like and that, go on. The the egregious bullshit we dealt with against Arsenal and against United. And the fact that Martial was not even, they didn't even take a look at it. FA didn't even take a look at it, okay? Did not even deem, even though, to the letter, it's the same thing that got Nias a banning, okay? Against Crystal Palace. Yes, same thing. But Nias is Nias. He didn't cost 60 million whatever. And he plays... For United, okay? Nias doesn't. Nias played for us, who was playing like shit last season, okay? So they take teams that are in the middle, don't matter, and they think we'll make an example about them. But any of the big, they just don't even look at them, okay? That is beyond referees, all right? That's not even looking at referees. That's just, that's just corrupt, as hell, when you don't even look at it. You have to at least look at what Martial mm. did. You have to. And just saying, I like Martial. I think he's a great player. He is He is maybe my favorite United player to watch right now. If we could buy a player from United, that's the guy, I think. You know what I mean? He's fantastic. But he flopped. And he clearly dived. It's just it's obvious. And the fact that they didn't review it, that's top six bias. It's just an example. Okay? And there's more of that. We've seen that. Um, and every once in a while, top six bias doesn't enter into it. Jags getting sent off against Wolves. That's awful. That's not a good call. All right? I understand a yellow there. I do. All right? But he also got the ball, didn't he? To me, to me that was just, it was a wild lunge to me. I got, like, and this, this may just... Be coming from the, my perspective of just not having faith in referees as it is, mm-hmm. I just assume that would be a red. He's lunged then it's wild. Like I actually thought it was a pretty solid tackle, to be honest. That's the thing. He got a little bit of well, his leg. He lost. He lost the ball, didn't he? In, in the in the 
in the lead up to to the challenge. Mm-hmm. He, he lost the ball and it just looked like a, a bad recovery. So, but didn't he get the ball when he when he lunged? You could argue it was like the meaner case. Just I just think he got, I think he got more of the player. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it, see, I just don't see how that's a sending off. You know what I mean? Like I, I think, just yeah, I don't know. Was, it, was he last man or it, he, he was one know. of the last. He was one of the but last. I don't, men. I don't. I don't think. To letter of the law. I don't think it actually says last man. But see, la- see last so man is why I thought it even got consideration to be a red. You yeah, know, that's the only that, reason. Yeah, that, good. That it's good that good that you flagged that up because it it was subject to debate what it was actually for, mm-hmm. wasn't it? And it, I think it got changed. It got changed what it was for. Yeah, because they didn't know. It, yeah, it's inconsistency with calls, and we're just we're subject to a lot of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then on top of that, they took the kick from way closer up and made it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm. I will politely say that I believe VAR is something we need. I agree. All right, I'm not going to say. What I want to say, which is the fact that the officiating this season has been like a kick in the pills. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that. Just, just look at, just look at Charlie Austin's post-match interview yesterday. He's so. Uh, I'm sorry. Good for Charlie Austin. Kick ass. Yeah. And now I get your park life jokes. Yes. Good. I'm glad you do. That was brilliant. I'm, I'm so ha- I'm so happy someone had the knowledge to edit that and put that together because it was well worthy of it. Now I get it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, just the officiating in general, just the standard of it seemed to have dropped and shows no indication of of improving. Yeah. Not just for us, but for several clubs. And I, I think I'm, I'm sure we're speaking on their behalf as well when we say this. It, you know. We've we've got to see VAR for that measurable improvement, you know. What what, what is it? it for not cl- cl- when it's not clear and obvious. That's when it's introduced VAR for the incidents. I'm not sure when incidents aren't clear and obvious. As I say, I'm I'm sure when it is introduced, I'll educate myself on it a lot yeah, more. Exactly. Um, but uh, I, just, yeah. I and, and you know what? It's going to burn us sometimes. VAR is going to burn us. You know, it's going to happen. You know. Yeah, because it takes away it takes away the the elements of human error from the game, which, I mean, it's part and parcel of the game human error, but not when it's consistent human error that's literally changing the outcome of of, of so many games. You know, it it, it defines black. It, you know, it's black and white, isn't it? And mm-hmm. yeah, it well, we are going to be banned from that, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um... And it's not going to cut out all the human error. There's still going to be crap calls around midfield that are nowhere close to to the goal. You know what I mean? But it's going to prevent somebody flopping in the box. It's going to prevent an offside goal because the official is maybe not in shape enough to keep up with the play and he totally guesses. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to prevent that kind of stuff. I just made that up off the top of my head. It's not like that actually happened yeah. for real uh, in a game against you Arsenal. Know exactly. Yeah. Mm. Didn't happen. Um, so, <clears throat> I'm lost. 
but yeah, anyway, I think I think we've actually been for a, a segment labeled rant. We've actually been pretty calm. Yeah, I I even said to you though, like I don't like ranting about referees. I mean, I'm not. Uh, you know, in fairness, I'm not a big fan of ranting in general. I think you know you've got to be seem able like to a rant guy. I can't when I get wound up, but as I say, I just don't see this as something worthy of getting wound up about. We got to figure out what just, gets Max wound up because we got to get a rant, a Max rant on camera one day. You just become neutralized to stuff, don't you? So, mm. in regards to the referee, and I think I've very much just become numb to, to comfortably numb to quote Pink Floyd to all this shite refereeing See, and dodgy calls. I said it before on here. You said it here. As Everton supporters, let's just expect it. Expect mm. shit officiating. Just expect it. Know it's coming. Know it's coming and hope that Silva and the boys are expecting it as well so that they can overcompensate for it. They can compensate for it and they can work against it. Okay? Just assume mm-hmm. there will be crap. It's going to happen. You know, it's just I, I like this us against the world mentality. Let's just you know, it's us. Let the pundits say what they want to say. Meh. Let them leave Richarlison. Let Sky leave Richarlison out of a list of top scorers, but throw Mitrovic in there, even though his numbers don't add up to that. You know what I mean? Let let them do whatever. Let them be there. Do your thing, guys. We'll just sit here and and we'll be Everton. And we'll love, we'll love our club, we'll love our players, we'll love our manager, we'll love everything about it. And you know what? We're getting better and it's awesome. And we're actually, we're not hating ourselves this year. You know what I mean? I like that feel. That he true. I like, I like not hating myself. Feels mm, nice. Same. <laughs> mm. All right. I think we're done with the referent. Um, for now... Dun dun dun. <laughs> Episode two next week. Oh no, it's international break, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But oh you, you know another one's coming after the Merseyside Derby. You just know it. I'm not saying anything. Stay tuned. Not saying anything. Uh Max, let's talk the center back situation. Don't shake your head like I'm I, some eyesore. I, I, I wanna I wanna see the beer though. <laughs> no, you've mentioned you've mentioned growing a beer though. I've had it. I had it uh, during when I was in film school. I had a the mandatory beard for a film student. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man, Bring it it's, that's a thing. Well, right now it's I'm a little stubbly. Um, so uh, the center back situation. Hallelujah, we have three really good center backs. All right, uh, it, it it's bliss. What is this world? Uh, we're loving it. Um, clearly right now, Jags and Holgate are probably more on the periphery. Um, and and, uh, and, and I, I don't even have flashbacks to Ashley Williams anymore. <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, I still say Holgate is still a good young center back yeah, and yeah. will eventually get there. It's a bummer that he's been pushed so far down. Um, but he made some big mistakes when he was playing. West Ham game, that, that West Ham game. Yeah. You know. Um, 
yeah, and it, it just it, I saw him a few times. You know, it's just. Uh, but Keen, Zuma, Mina. Yeah. So we have three starters who will probably play together when closing out games. We could see that you can see that trend beginning now. Um, uh, if we're in a position where Silva's like, you know what, I'm cool with the way things are right now, he'll throw in that third center back. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's a really good point to make. I think if we, you know if that can become a trend under Marco Silva, that you know we you know we take the lead by however many, and you know mm-hmm. we bring we we play that three back system that he you know that he switched to against Chelsea, which as we said off camera, kind of. Tested your nerve a little bit at times, yeah. but um, credit to him. He wanted he wanted to showcase his flexibility as a manager manager, and he's certainly doing that. Yeah, as soon as I saw Jags going in, I did what everybody else did. It was like that, wow, mm. you know, <laughs> that that quadruple take. Like I'm rubbing my eyes. Oh, I gotta clean my glasses. I swear that looks like Jags, you know. <laughs> and, 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 and and hey, you know, it's I was just sitting there thinking, is this the time? Is this the time? Mm. Nil nil at Stamford Bridge, you know, about fifteen minutes left. But you know what? Respect it. It it uh, they closed it out. It's almost like a a closing pitcher in a baseball game. You know, you throw in that that extra defensive presence. Uh, get you know, get clog the center a little bit more. Clog the box a little bit more. Who knows? Um, and if those three are Keen, Zuma, and Mina, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, both physically and technically, very promising players. Um, I mean, we can't praise Yari Mina enough for obviously he did, you know he made he made his Everton debut against Gore. No, it wasn't. It was Brighton. Sorry, he did you know a few minutes against Brighton, played against Gore Meyer, and you suppose that's his first real test. Starting away at Chelsea, we alluded to it over the last two videos that that yellow card, that early caution, which shouldn't have been a yellow card, yeah, kind of set it set any centre half back in the performance, getting yellow carded early on, but still he ended up with Premier League man of the match. Um, yeah. Really good stats coming away from the game. Completed most of his passes. Won all of his. How good of a goals. passer is he? Yeah, his long cross field balls. I was, I should have expected it. I should have, but he's just a better passer than I expected. Yeah, you, well, you didn't expect him. You didn't expect him to showcase that on his debut at Chelsea away. Mm-hmm. Did you, you? You don't expect. You don't like particularly. You know, as I say, his debut. You don't expect to see all the. Um, you know, because that's considered an uh, you know an excessive skill for a centre half to be able to pick his head up and pre- play a ball like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we've, as you say, with that last season, we're not having flashbacks to Ashley Williams anymore and expecting our centre half to do the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. With Marco Silva now, we're expecting to play out from the back. Um, probably couldn't do that as much as we'd have liked against Chelsea, but. The fact that he did look so comfortable on the ball, it bodes well going forward and obviously provides the selection dilemma, which... Which is what we're about to segue into. Well done, Max, with your segue abilities. Thank Good you. work. Funnel. 
Um, can't probably not going to start all three of them. No, probably not going to happen. Need to figure out who we're who we're actually going to start. I'm divided here, all right, because I don't know what Silva's going to do. Um, there's several ways to look at this. Okay, um, Keenan Zuma had a good partnership before this game. Zuma hasn't done anything wrong to merit being benched yet. You know what I mean? He's looked strong. Keen hasn't done anything to merit being benched yet. Um, <laughs> which is good. You know, yeah. both those guys with that yeah. partnership. So does Silva sit there and think, I go back to what was happening before? It's, it's a judgment because, call, isn't it? It's, you, know, you know, exactly. Big judgment. Shout out to Tom, who was on the show from every now and again. I was talking about it with him last night over text, and I just—I I personally would just just roll with Keane and, and Mina for for the mm. Cardiff game that's next up after the international <laughs> break. I just think um, Mina played so well, and Keane obviously is on the up. Obviously, he's got that England call up. Marco Silva said in detail about how he's just a completely different player mm-hmm. from who he was when Marco Silva first took over. His confidence is high now. He's learning Marco Silva's philosophy of football. You know, he seems to have taken to it. And he seems to be this expansive centre-half that we thought we were getting when we paid mm-hmm. 30-odd million or whatever it was from Burnley. So predicated off that, I just... I, I the, the reason why I laughed before when you were saying, you know, he hadn't done anything to credit being benched. None of them have. Yeah, you know, Ian, <laughs> Mina, Zuma—they don't merit being benched. Um, a good point that was made to me is because I always said I want—I wanted to roll with Zuma and Mina eventually, with Zuma being the lone player. That my point is, you know, you get your worth out of them, you milk them for every. I remember um, that. I was actually going to yeah. mention that. And I—I had, I had me I had turned by Dave when Dave said to me on on the podcast that I can't remember when it was now, but he said. With Mina being that permanent signing, you know, put that faith in him and, and plan for the long term. And I am. Um, you you so don't, after you that, don't after remember? I think that actually, I think I said that. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. We, 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 no, it's one of the better points I've made. And I would normally attribute a good point like that to Dave as well because, you no, know, he's full yeah, of. Yeah, I think, I think Dave, <laughs> must have, Dave must have backed it up then. It's just, that's a really good shout. And. If particularly if his confidence is high as well, you know he just seems like a really happy person, and mm. it you know it rings true. A happy player plays well. You know you mm. play at your best when you're happy at a club, and he certainly seems that. That's not to say Zuma isn't, and I'm sure that it's just healthy competition for places, and I'm sure each of them are giving themselves giving them a run for the money for that. You know the mm. two starting places. Yeah, uh, I also would probably stick with Mina. Uh, and and Keen, um, I know when we signed Zuma and Mina, our mouths were watering to see that combination, to see those two together. Um, it, because to be frank, in a foot race, I think you see where Zuma is faster than Keen. You know, it's not like blisteringly different. You know what I mean? But he is faster, and do you? So, is it a thing where maybe we play, we start Mina and Zuma against quicker attackers? Is that something we do? Where we start 
adjusting our lineup based on who we're playing, which is not the worst idea. If if now all three players are getting time, then the idea of interchanging them when we need them, that seems kind of great. You know, that seems like it may be a way to go. And by doing that, I feel like you're keeping everybody happy too. Yep. You know, not that you need to. That's not this. We're not in the business of keeping everybody happy league. You know, this is, this is, you know, we're trying to win the damn premier league. Um, but I actually think that's, that's a healthy thing you, you do with combinations. Um, yeah, I was going to say that, you know, of course that's, that's brilliant and that's what we want, but that's more of a long-term ambition. I feel given that it's still relatively only early days Mm -hmm. under Marco Silva and Marcel Brands. You know, when you think of depth and when you think of playing different players dependent on the opposition, you think of the top sides like Man City, like Chelsea, with their squad depth, where they where they can rotate players according to mm. you know what they want to implement in their game plan. I wouldn't. I mean, and, and this is where the kind of where this is where realism slaps you in the face. Obviously, going off last season, and you know we're not getting too ahead of ourselves. We don't think we're you know. The best thing in the world. We are, you know, we we are still kind of, you know, going going <coughs> forward. We're not, we're, you know, we're not well beaters just yet. We are, we're picking up points and we're performing a lot better. And I think that's where the confidence comes mm-hmm. from. Years to come, you'd love to be able to say, you know, maybe we can ro- rotate players yeah. dependent on European football and who we play on the Sunday, etc. Um, but yeah, um, as you say. Mina and Zuma up against quicker players. I've I've been I've become a, a real big fan of how Michael Keane's on the ball um, displays of his one on one defending yeah, has been strong. Yeah, um, and and when he, obviously when he recovers the ball, his distribution and his playing out, whether that be a short range or medium range pass out, seems to be really good. And as Marco Silva said several times, his confidence seems to just rocketed now. Yeah, and he's making that position his own as shown by the fact Gareth Southgate deems him good enough to call up. And mm-hmm. as I said, I've said on Twitter, I think that's richly deserved. Yeah, uh, it's been several times this season when I see some speedy winger, you know, and, and the right back is not in position, and that speedy winger starts trying to round the corner, and Keane has come over to help, and he's trying to contain, and he, and he effectively yeah. does so. And I get I, I get nervous every time because he's because he is tall because he doesn't look like some svelte speed demon. You know what I mean? He just he looks like a center back. He looks like a damn center back. He doesn't look like he should be able to stay with those guys, but he does. He is yeah. he is he is contained. He is shut down. I've been very impressed with him over this little yeah. good run. Um, and like and like we said, we're we're under no delusions here. I mean, our Everton are currently sitting ninth, you yeah. know. Uh, but it's the it's it's what having a squad is like. These are the things. This is this is what it, you know. This is what it, this is what it feels like, you know. Um, good players sit the bench. It happens. Yeah. Um, but if they're good players, they scrap and they work and they get their way in the lineup down the road, you know. Maybe not this week, and maybe it is an injury that that allows them to be able to play. But then maybe 
they don't lose their spot again because they've worked hard, you know? I'd, I'd say that the winter schedule soon to be kicking in with Ooh, how yes. many how many how many games you play over mm-hmm. you know so many days yeah so that's stuff that you know i'm sure we're gonna flex when it when it when it's time to do so definitely over january and De- december and january sorry but yeah it's you know, positive going forward we're not disillusioned by any stretch we we're still not really where we want to be no not we, yet not being cocky, but you know, like to see us win stuff. Like to see us develop a league winning side. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say I think we've got a, you know, a goalkeeper capable of being in a cup winning side. Mm-hmm. And I think that's slowly but surely kind of spreading out to the rest of the side. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the uh, the idea of having some depth is nice though because. I, you know, I right now where we're the way we're playing, the consistency that we are bringing, I am expecting to be in Europe next year. I just am. Okay, I just feel like we're good enough. You know, I think we're going to pick up enough points to end up in Europe in some way. That's I just think it's going to happen, um, and I think that depth we're going to need it. We're going to need it because we end, if we end up in Europa League. Yikes! We're gonna need the depth, big yeah, time. We know, we know from yeah. experience. I mean, it can really mess with your season. Um, I'm just really comfortable with Silva and Marcel being able to handle it. Just am. So, yep. anyway, uh, Max and I both think you roll with Mina and Keen because you develop your permanent players. That's kind of the way we're thinking, especially when you're about to play against uh, Cardiff. You know, why not just roll with the player that maybe you want to get more experience to? Just saying. Um, however, we also think that Zuma really has not does not deserve to sit the bench. So I think we could see him still playing against Cardiff, maybe last twenty minutes or so. So we'll see. Anyway, um, that's it for our center back situation. Welcome back after that brief musical interlude. Uh, we have a pod exclusive segment um, where we're shying, we're, we're steering away from the football for a little while to, to do a little non-football related <laughs> segment. Um, we're going to talk about what, are we, what we're watching. What are you watching? All right. Um, I've got a little list here of some stuff that I've been, been checking out recently. Um, but Max, uh, let's talk about what you watch. Do you normally do Netflix? Is that what it is? Yeah, primarily when I'm, um, you know, if, if if something that I like bringing out a new season or something along those lines, I'll, I'll turn to Netflix for it. I'm, I think I'm part of a generation that kind of hooked on YouTube videos a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of podcasts, and it's weird. I tend to watch the actual the the audio visual of the podcast so like i'll literally sit there and watch like a full three hours of darren brown on joe rogan literally back and forth having a conversation like so i don't i don't know that necessarily classes of what i'm watching but i spend a lot of my time just watching a podcast um 
But having a quick look on the I mean, internet. essentially, it's a talk show. You're essentially watching a talk show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's, that's what podcasts so often are. They're, they're conversation. Yeah. You know? Uh, they're a talk show without, like, the band. Mm. You know? True. Without the band and without, you know, uh, without the yay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that's the not sound. there. So the, it's, it's yeah, a little bit sound, more of a more raw talk show. I suppose. Just having a little look on my Netflix. Um, Rick and Morty. Don't know if you've heard of that one, Jerry. Okay. Can we talk about Rick and Morty for a second? I've never seen one episode, and everybody loves it. And <clears> I don't... I mean, is Rick and Morty on Netflix? Yep. I haven't found it. I, mean, I looked for it the other day. On is, is it possible it's not on, like, U.S. Netflix? It's American. I don't no, I mean, like, maybe a rights issue. Maybe you have to watch it on a different format. I don't format. know. Maybe you'd have to look that up. I, I don't okay, know. Okay, talk about talk about Rick and Morty then because I want to I want you to sell me on it because I've been wanting to see it for a while. <sighs> Rick and Morty. God. Don't know where to start. It's um it's certainly like an it's an acquired taste. Um it just kind of like it I think it's it's for those that are slightly pessimistic because it's like Rick is this alcoholic scientist grandfather to Morty who is slightly slow um, and a bit on the socially awkward side but Rick also leads this life as like a like a most wanted criminal in multiple different universes and galaxies and oh god Jerry yeah, I don't even know where to start with you to be honest because it, 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 it's one of those though it, it, it it's got so much meaning beyond what you actually see, which I think is why so many people love it. Like it's such, it's so subject to interpretation, and you can get there's so many things that are touched on mm-hmm. that, like it's a very modern program too. Like it discusses very topical issues, which I suppose is why maybe my generation like it so much as well because it kind of mm-hmm. keeps them informed with current issues too. But um, it's very funny. It is. Yeah, I'm. That's one of those that I. A lot of the people that I know, and I like trust their tastes, watch that show. So I, pr- I'm pretty certain I would like it. Yeah, it, but it, it, I have I think, to figure out how, like, which, how I'm supposed to be able to watch it. That's what I got to work on. It like it satisfies it satisfies the the nerdy part of a human being that kind of because it's very scientifically pre- precise as well. Mm. Like it, it's very philosophical, and it's been, you know, it's been put forward and debated by scientists and religious mm-hmm. people. Like, just seems to be one of those that polarizes opinion, and is very down with the kids at the moment. So, gotcha. I down like. with the kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So that is, I know that to be a quality recommendation. I've just heard. Um, so, uh, do you want me to mention a comedy or a serious show first? Go on, give us a comedy. American Vandal. Not here, show me. Okay, it is on Netflix. There are two seasons. I just finished the second season. Uh, the first se- so American Vandal. Have you ever heard of the show Making a Murderer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that is is a docu series 
trying to figure out, you know, examination of the, you know, investigative process and judiciary process about this man who may or may not have been accused wrongly and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, so it's, uh, making a murderer is very serious. American Vandal is a mockumentary, okay? And the first season follows, it's in a high school, and instead of a murder happening, someone has broken in, someone has gone into the teacher's parking lot of this high school and spray-painted penises on all of the teacher's cars. <laughs> And they don't know who did it. So the big question is, like, who drew the dicks? And so they do this, like, false making a murderer, like, drama, dramatic music. They make it seem, like, really serious. And this kid gets accused of it. And the whole time you're not sure if he actually did it. If he didn't, it's actually very addicting. (laughs) I might give it a trial, guys. It's pretty funny. Uh, I wish when Netflix does comedy, they go over like the 30 minute mark often. Yeah. And I usually have a comfort zone with comedy. I want to keep it closer to 30 minutes, more like, you know, that sometimes they'll delve into like 36, 37, 40 mm-hmm. minutes, and it's a little longer than I, I wish it was. But funny show, the second season is they're trying to catch uh there's a kid who's been accused of uh a poo based uh vandalism so yes uh several incidents of excrement based vandalism and the the character is called the turd burglar and so there yeah and it's like the same the same documentary crew comes into this high school and they have prior production value and it's the same type of thing. And it's just very, I don't know, man, it's a funny, it's a pretty funny show. It's ridiculous. And so mockumentary style. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, the idea that they have like this very overly serious, you know, the way they do with uh, making a murderer, it's just funny. It's ridiculous. Um, mm. And I, I would have thought you can't make a second season. Frankly, I thought that first season you just leave it alone, right? Yeah. But they actually did a good job with the second one. Uh, yeah. Still, still like the second, the first season a lot. Frankly, just the the guy who gets accused of it um, is just a trip. He's an idiot, and he's he just seems like a real guy though. Um, yeah. Funny show, American Vandal. Um, so check it out. Uh, anything serious? Anything serious? Have I been watching anything serious? Um, I watched a bit of what's it called, Rapture, on Netflix. Rapture. I know yeah. nothing about that. It's just it can it details the history of hip hop, and it it takes certain oh. certain artists, either past or present, and kind of details their story, which. It's, it's quite interesting. There's a, a there's meant to be a more kind of in detail, frankly, better one. I think it's called Rap Evolution, the Evolution of Rap, mm-hmm. something like that, which is meant to give a more kind of um, time period based review. Mm-hmm. But this Rapture, I've only I've only watched like two episodes of it, three. Um, but it just it takes individual artists that I'm a fan of and just kind of tells their story, and I'm 
a big big fan of um, storytelling. Really, I'm just a big narrative story fan. So interesting. It's interest interesting to learn. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I haven't even heard of that. I will have to check that out. Even though I, I'm assuming if there are older artists, I will know who they're talking about. If it's anything modern. I Naz. waved bye-bye to that a long time ago, Max. Nas. It's... Nas. Nas? You know Nas. Yes, I do know yeah. Nas. There you go. You know one of them then. Yes. L- Nas. Have you ever seen the picture of him with the Everton top? No. No? There's a picture of Nas with an Everton top. There's That's an Everton fantastic. Po- yeah, he's like, he's sitting down somewhere and he's like, he's kind of surrounded by things. One of the things that he's surrounded by is an Everton top, which made me pretty happy when I saw it. Yeah. Because I'm a big fan of Nas. I remember Nas. Gosh, man, that was like, was that late 90s, early 2000s? <clears throat> yeah. Boss. That was when I would have been considered young. Jesus. That long ago. Um, so, um, see, I, I wrote down a lot of serious stuff here. I won't really talk too much detail about these. Uh, I just finished second season of Ozark. It is... Fantastic. I wish I could dedicate my time to it because I watched like the first two episodes and thought, oh, this looks really good because like, the directors seem to know what they're doing and it seems really well well written. The writing, the directors, the, the performances, the acting is ridiculous. It's just such... I mean, if you like Breaking Bad, you will like Ozark, period. It's just such a similar setup. I think if Breaking Bad doesn't happen, Ozark never happens. You know what I mean? Similar mm. setup, except I would argue that Ozark's writing uh, puts a little bit more uh, badass strength into their female characters. You know what I mean? Just some, oh my God, some good ass. Oh, Ozark is fantastic. Almost finished with Breaking Bad as well. I'm like four episodes. Uh, yeah, I know. It's it's so the first time? Dude, yeah, yeah. I think I've watched it all like three, four times. Dude, we are... We're about five episodes away from finishing the last season. Woo. Yeah. Watching yeah, that at the same right. time as Ozark is really fascinating to be able to compare the oh, two. That's, that's cool. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. It's good that you do it that way. Um, I didn't even mean to do it that way. I just They're just shows that we happen to be interested in around the same time. just works out. Nice. Um, the Americans. It's a show uh, uh, taking place in the 80s about like Soviet spies in America. That's pretty good show on Amazon uh, Prime, Amazon Instant. You can find that there. Uh, House on Haunted Hill. Uh, scary show. If you're into horror, but if you're into more subtle character-based horror, House, House on Haunted Hill is legitimately very good. It is not boo. You know what I mean? Like jump scares and that kind of nonsense. It's all about people and a family and it's heartbreaking at times. It's just good character, supernatural storytelling. Very good. And Annihilation. I watched the film Annihilation with Natalie Portman in it, and it's one of the best sci-fi movies I've seen in a long time. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Natalie Portman. I'm not the biggest sci-fi fan, but this is it's a I'm... mind-bending type of film where you know she. She's a biologist, and she she gets sort of called in. Her husband's in the military, and she gets called in because her husband's disappeared, and so she's sort of investigating this 
something has crash landed and it's created this like barrier, this shimmering barrier that they call the shimmer. And whenever anybody goes in, they never come out. Um, Interesting. It's but it's so smart. It's such a and when I finished it, I was like, you know what? I'm not completely sure that I understood everything that was happening. Mm. Um, but I understood enough to find it really good. And again, Portman does a great job. Uh, really smart movie. Very beautiful film. I wish I saw it in the theater for the visuals. It is stunning visually. Um, yeah, just a good smart movie. I, more people should have heard of it. Just saying. Um, yeah, and that's it. See, you can tell like I'm a total like film movie geek because I'm just like, ooh, I have like twelve things, and Max is just like, oh, I have a life, man. No, but I, <laughs> no, no, I, I, I used to be, I, I used to be like that, and I love that. I love watching so many things and being completely engulfed in what you're watching because I, I did used to be like that, but I just overwhelmed with uni work yeah. and, and life that. I can't. I, I can't take as much leisure time as as a as a like. Um, you you mentioned thing. Yo, Amazon. And for some reason, because I haven't got Amazon, I just dis- like disregard it. But uh, I haven't watched it all. Slowly making my way through all or nothing. Oh, dude, it's fun. We've got like it's, one or two episodes left of that. It's so good. Ah, it's really good, isn't it? I can under I can understand why because I've heard this, a few city fans say they don't like the way they've done it hmm. because the kind of reveals things going forward mm. but I think that's uh, you know that City team and that season is <coughs> going to stand the test of time mm. isn't it really for, for Man City so yeah uh, that's really interesting I actually wish they had spent more time interviewing the players and getting to know that's one of the things the Juventus series on Netflix does really, really yeah. well they actually get them more at home where they're you, you actually get to know them as people more and I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of that. Uh, but I think the Man City doc makes up for it more by showing more sessions with Pep actually coaching and giving instruction, which is a different kind of fascinating. You know what I mean? He's so good. Yeah. Pep Guardiola. I, oh, I, I'm a, I genuinely think he's the greatest manager of all time. I've come to that conclusion recently. Okay. And I believe it to be that true. That recent question at the press conference where they were talking about Danny Elvis said working with him was better than sex. And he just pauses and goes, I preferred the sex. <laughs> <laughs> He's fantastic, isn't he? I get the, I get the, I, I edit a lot of his, um, his post-match press conferences oh, yeah. in uni. Um, so after, so if they play on the Saturday or the Sunday in me, I have my lecture on the Monday and my seminar on the Tuesday morning. For the Tuesday morning, we usually add, like, it's how we get used to audacity and all the kind yeah. of the stuff that I hate, basically. But, um, when you're forced to work pack. with it, it makes you, makes you proficient. You figure it out. Yeah, you do. You do. But, uh, I don't know. He's just a, he's a man that just oozes footballing wisdom, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That was the one I didn't put on because I thought you'd mention it. So you came through. Good work. <laughs> That's a, it's a great show. I wish there were more shows. I would watch that show on pretty much, I'd say, almost any any football team. Any one. Yeah, definitely. Almost any one. There's one mm. I probably wouldn't watch. Mm, the place that I'm going tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. 
Just I know. Got got forced to go there twice last season and I'm being shipped there again. Yeah, I've 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 trained my boys now. Hey guys, you see where that is? Oh that's that's Liverpool. <laughs> what does that place smell like? It smells like pee pee. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I really do have them trained. My wife looked over at me. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> I was like, I could have said piss. You know, I could have. <laughs> yeah, kept the PG. Uh, yeah, just good luck going in there. Try not to try not to get infected with anything. No, I'll be fine. Yeah. Come out of there. Max is like, we have to start a petition. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Enough. Um. So, I uh, need to close out the show. Uh, I'm going to throw a track on there. I'm going to say I wanted to do Outcast last time, but I didn't. I'm going to do Outcast, so fresh and so clean. Want to play? Uh, Want to play that over the over the last little bit? Um, just because that's one of the things I've been listening to lately. Have you listened to Outcast? No, really? not really. Well, I don't know. Is it the group thing? Hey, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought it was them. Um, that's just what they're known for to me. See, I'm, you gotta... And, and the thing is, I actually mentioned one because I was looking for one that was just really chill. I didn't want to close with like bombs over Baghdad or anything which is like super distracting and you couldn't hear it over our voices you know what I mean like like or you would hear nothing but that track and you wouldn't hear our voices is what yeah. I'm say. Uh, but yeah so uh, basically you should listen to a really creative really creative sound really uh, yeah it's just a they're from the Georgia I think Atlanta area um they're just a cool band. They're just a cool group, man. They're awesome. Uh, I am probably like not exactly who they're. I'm not really their audience, you know, 40 year old gray hair guy, you know, but uh, yeah, just really cool. All right. Um, I'll get into the very more. chill, very chill and relaxing. I would say if you're not into the like newer albums, go back to that AT Aliens album really that one was the one that there was another one before that that's good too but AT Aliens was the one where I was like okay this is awesome and really yeah so check them yeah. out uh, as somebody who likes hip hop I'm not sure if they're giving you your story I know you're a storyteller guy with your hip hop yeah um, just give it a chance though I think it's worth your time so oh well anyway so while we're listening to the soothing sounds of outcast uh it's time to end the really big show uh if you've been uh, if you've been enjoying our our show via podcast thank you please subscribe to the toffee blues podcast rate it if you can uh leave a nice little nice little review that says i could tell by listening that max had trimmed his beard i could tell <laughs> it's okay you have you can uh, we know so uh also, uh, check out our YouTube channel if you haven't already, The Toffee Blues. If you feel like actually seeing our faces, I wouldn't totally recommend it, but just saying, Max is pretty great. So check us out on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to us. It's a thing. Um, uh, also, uh, speaking of Max, uh, 
just know that he's going to be showing up uh, Premier League Productions. He's doing a recording tomorrow at Anfield, <clears throat> which is what we've been talking about. Um, so just know that he'll keep an eye on his Twitter. He'll tell you when he's going to be there. Uh, he also has analysis on the Toffee Blues website. Keep an eye on that site because it's just all things Everton, and there's lots of people on there that are on the, that contribute to this podcast. Also, follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I have no more plugging to do. I'm going to rest my voice now so it's not gone tomorrow. Max, thanks so much, buddy. As always. All right, man. And, uh, yeah, so uh, let's head into the international break with hope. Uh, Yeah, talk to all of you later. Bye.